We're going to continue our series uh, this morning, <clears throat> series called Rooted, and uh, based on the, the wall hanging that we've talk, pointed out each week, uh, the wall hanging caught my attention because it not only shows the, the healthy tree, but it gives a hint to the reason why the tree is so healthy. It lets you see the roots down below as well. And so that kind of uh, triggered, maybe inspired uh, some thoughts about the trees that we find in Scripture. And uh, so we've built a series around those. This morning, um, I, I want us to continue that as we consider under a broom tree in 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings at chapter 19. While you're looking at that, I want to ask, uh, ask your prayers this morning. Um, this is going to be a different kind of message. Uh, we're, I, I want to share with you some things that we don't normally talk about. And at first, it may even seem contrary to what, you, what you've always thought about in church. And so I, I, I want to ask you to hang with me and let's get through it together. And while we do that, uh, be very open to uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to talk to us about some things that, that are very real and very personal, um, but are rarely addressed in church, all right? If you'll pray along those ways, the, those lines, I think it'd be very helpful for both of us. When we were children, we used to sing, I'm in right, out right, upright, downright, happy all the time, remember? In right, out right, upright, down right, happy all the time. Since Jesus took me in and cleansed my heart from sin, I'm in right, out right, upright, down right, happy all the time. And then as we grew, we sang at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now what? I'm happy all the day. And those songs, are, those songs are great. I mean, I, I, I love them, and they are just songs. They're, they're music. Music is art. And in art, you can't worry too much about any one detail. I get that. You can't take every word too seriously. The theology in the songs is good. The idea is great. The truth is there that we find joy when we trust in Jesus. But technically... There are a few words that represent a false expectation that many Christians struggle with. I'm in right, out right, up right, down right, happy all the time. Now, is that true? It was there by faith I received my sight. Now I'm happy all the day. Really? We want to be happy all the time, but let's be honest. We're just not. We're sad sometimes. We grieve. We suffer. We're discouraged and disappointed and even depressed. Does that mean that there's something wrong with our faith? Can I be a real Christian if I'm not happy all the time? Elijah wasn't happy all the time. One day he got so sad that he sat down under a broom tree 
and gave up. Look at 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. That's kind of a confusing way of speaking for us. What she's saying is, I swear I'm going to kill you. That's what she's saying. How does he respond? Then he was, verse 3, then he was afraid. He arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. He came to a broom tree. Some of your translations call it a juniper tree. Doesn't matter, it's the same thing. The tree is actually a shrub. It's low to the ground. And, there, and it's got a whole lot of very, very thin branches. Instead of like an oak tree with, with these great big, thick branches, they're all very thin, but there's a lot of them. It kind of looks like a broom. So it picked up, in ancient times, picked up that, that name broom tree. Matter of fact, that's, that was the broom for some folks. They used that shrub for their brooms. But the, the point is, it's very low and a lot of limbs so that it made shade out in the desert. And Elijah, Elijah runs. And he goes out into the desert all alone. And he finds shelter under the broom tree. He was the greatest of prophets. God spoke to him and through him. God used him to do amazing things. In verse 1 it said, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. What is all that he had done? It's a long list. Ahab went home and told his evil wife, I can't believe what happened out on that mountain. He got your prophets of Baal together and, and he said, Now you pray to your God and I'm going to pray to mine. And let's see which one can set this altar on fire. And he said, your prophets of Baal prayed and cried and screamed and cut themselves and danced and hollered all day long in nothing. And then that Elijah guy, he got up and he prayed to that God they call Yahweh. And he, he prayed to that God called Yahweh and fire came down from heaven and lit up the place and burned up all the water that we had already poured all over the altar. Burned up the altar, burned up the carcass. And then you're not going to believe what happened. Not long after, you know, we've been in this drought all these years because Elijah prayed the rain would stop. And now we've been in a drought. And you know, Elijah prayed the rain would start again. And sure enough, here come a cloud. And that cloud come up. 
Elijah told me I better get off that mountain because it was going to be hard to get on, off the mountain when it started flooding. So I started leaving the mountain in my chariots and horses. And <laughs> before the rain even started, before it got too bad, Elijah ran in front of me with all my chariots and horses. He made it down before I did, and then the rain came. And oh yeah, sweet Jezebel, I forgot to tell you, the big news is Elijah killed 450 of your prophets. Elijah, the man of God, the greatest prophet of all time in many ways, calls fire from heaven. He prays and it stops raining. He prays and it starts raining. And kills the enemy of God with his own hands. Can go from here to yon and just like that. And yet as incredible as that man was, an incredible man of faith, he finds himself under a broom tree saying, I'm done. You ever been there? You ever been under the broom tree? I wish... I wish my job was to always make you feel good. I wish my job was to make you always feel happy. Tell you all the good news. But it's, it's really not my job to tell you all the good news. It's my job to tell you all the news. And the truth is, Sometimes life stinks. Sometimes life is hard. Sometimes we find ourselves under the broom tree. And what do you do when you find yourself in despair, in sadness, depressed, hurting, what do you do when you're under the broom tree? Well, let me give you some thoughts. One, start here. Try to identify what brought you down. That's the first place to start. When you find yourself under the broom tree and you're, you're sad and sorry and, 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 and depressed and hurting on the inside, can you identify what got you there? Elijah had every right to be throwing a party. Man, he had won a victory. He had every right to be celebrating. And yet he's under the broom tree. Why? Because of fear. Here's the most powerful, really the most powerful person in that known world at that time. You'd like to say her husband, the king, was more powerful, but he really wasn't. He let her kind of run the place. And here is the most powerful person in that known region who said, this time tomorrow you're not going to exist. I'm going to kill you. And so he had this tremendous fear. Another reason he's under that broom tree is because it's easier to focus on what someone else is saying about us than on what we know that God can do. 
Let me, let, me, let me share that with you again. He's making a mistake that all of us make. It's easier to focus on what someone is saying about us than it is to focus on what we know God can do. He just won all those victories. But the joy of the victory was snatched out of him because somebody said something. You've been there. You've been under the broom tree because somebody's saying something. And they start saying something and you tend to forget all that God can do if you trust him. Another reason that Elijah's under the broom tree is the reason many of us wind up there. Exhaustion. Hey, it's hard to fight those prophets. It's, it, takes, it takes strength out of you to be the kind of prayer that can call fire from heaven. He ran fast. I don't know how he did it. He ran fast from here to yon. Not to mention the strength and the energy that it must have taken to be in a battle in which he killed 450 bad guy prophets. He's exhausted. And those are the same kinds of things that can, can affect us and, and cause us to wind up under a broom tree. There are other reasons, obviously, but we can directly relate to some of the reasons that he experienced. We get too caught up in what people are saying. We let fear drive us. We sometimes are just exhausted. And we get under the broom tree and we sit down and we quit and we say, I'm done. So the first thing to do when we're under the broom tree is to try to identify what brought you down. See if you can figure out why you're there. The second thing that we can do is to take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Now that seems shallow, but read, beginning of verse 5. He lay down and slept under a broom tree, and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. He looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. The the prescription was simple. Pray, sleep, drink, and by that we mean water, eat, repeat. Pray, sleep, eat, drink, repeat. And after that experience, he got up from that broom tree and had the strength he needed to continue his journey and accomplish even more for God. Those first few days after the explosion, you'll remember the explosion was a Wednesday night. 
And those first few days, starting that night and going, I, like many of you, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat. I didn't even feel like eating. It wasn't that I was trying to play a martyr. I just, never, I just had no appetite. There was nothing that I wanted. And, and I remember the moment that I realized I had turned a corner because I actually wanted to eat again. And that was on that Sunday after church. So from Wednesday night to Sunday, food meant nothing. Sleep was not even an option. And that's not unique to me. Many of you experience the very same thing. But my point is, I remember the blessing on that Sunday after church thinking, wow, I really do want to eat this barbecue. And because when we're under the broom tree, eating is not a part of our natural experience anymore, that there's something that happens in us. We have to force ourselves to take care of ourselves because the want to has disappeared. So when we're under the broom tree, we take time to pray. Elijah said, Elijah was talking to God and he was talking straight with God. He said, God, I've had enough. He was talking honest with God. Don't be religious. Don't put on stained glass language. You just talk straight to God. And then you eat something. And you drink something that's good for you. And you take a nap. You take care of yourself. Prayer and self-care can make all the difference. But then the third thing that we can do when we're under the broom tree is remember, everyone has down times, even people of faith. The broom tree seems so lonely. And not only is it lonely, but sometimes we feel guilty because we're sitting under that broom tree and we say, look, there's nobody else around here. This is just me. And I'm a believer. I shouldn't be here. I'm supposed to be happy all the time. And that guilt sets in. Why am I under the broom tree? I shouldn't be here. Remember when you're under the broom tree. Remember everyone has down times, even people of faith. Put on your seatbelts because we're about to run through some scriptures quick. You ready? Here's Moses. I am not able to carry all this people alone. The burden is too heavy for me. If you will treat me like this, kill me at once. If I have found favor in your sight that I may not see my wretchedness. Moses prayed to God, I've had enough with these people. Just take me out. Joshua said, alas, O Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all? To give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Would that we had been content to dwell beyond the Jordan. He said, I've had enough. I wish you hadn't even started working in my life. Look at Jonah. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Look at, look at our brother Job. I loathe my life. 
I will give free utterance to my complaint. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. How about the weeping prophet Jeremiah? Why did I come out from the womb to see toil and sorrow and spend my days in shame? How about the people of God in exile by the waters of Babylon? There we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung our lyres. They said, we, we, we have nothing to rejoice anymore, no song to sing. We're going to give up our harps and have no reason to sing anymore. Even David in Psalm, I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. Beloved, understand when you're under the broom tree, so is everyone else. We've all been there. It has nothing to do with the strength of your faith. It has to do with the reality that you live in a fallen world and things are going badly right now. Even people of faith have down times. Even Jesus Christ. Jesus wept. We have on record two times, I'm sure there were more, but we know for a fact that he wept when his friend died, and we know for a fact that he wept when he looked over the city and realized that they needed him and would not turn to him. And it's no wonder then that Isaiah described Jesus as one who was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Remember, everyone has down times, even people of faith. And then remember, you are not alone. One of the things that happens when we're under the broom tree is we see things worse than they are. We feel them worse than they are. We never feel as alone as when we're under the broom tree. And so remember that regardless of your feelings, you are not alone. You see, God was paying attention that day and he saw Elijah under that broom tree. And because he saw Elijah under that broom tree, he knew to send one of his angels to take care of Elijah. God is paying attention. He knows where you are and he knows how to help. Psalm 34 verse 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit, whether you feel it or sense it or know it or not. He is there. He is close by and he loves you and will care for you. You're not alone. And then remember, it won't always be this dark. When you're under the broom tree, under that shade, remember, it won't always be this dark. In Psalm 30 and verse 5, it says, weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. The experience that you're going through that has you under that broom tree, the experience that has, has brought that sadness, that, that darkness, that perhaps even depression, it, it is temporary. It's temporary. Remember, it won't always be this dark. Elijah got up from there and went to Mount Horeb. Same thing as Mount Sinai. It's the Mount of God. And there he heard that still, small voice. And he went on to do more amazing things. Now, before I quit, 
I, I sense a, an obligation to share with you one more thing that you need to remember under the broom tree. And the reason I feel this as an obligation is this. I don't want to make the very same mistake that I described in the introduction. The songs say, if you trust in Jesus, you're happy all the time. I don't want to be the one who misleads and says, if you'll follow these five steps, then everything's going to be hunky-dory fine and you'll, and, and you'll be happy again. Because... I recognize, and so should all of us recognize, that there are times when prayer and self-care are not enough. There are times when we need help. And so number six is don't be afraid to get help when you need it. Don't be afraid to get help when you need it. Reject the lie that says getting help from someone else is a result of a lack of faith. That's a lie. And it's an unhealthy, dangerous lie. Just like you would go to the doctor if you got pneumonia. Just like you would take your child to the ER if he broke his arm. When there is an emotional well-being concern or there is a mental illness, you go to the doctor. I think pastors have to be careful when we talk about sadness and depression because we have to make sure that we don't put people in impossible positions. There are times when, when God's plan for you includes a doctor's help. I emailed a friend of mine who is a, a Christian counselor, a psychotherapist, and I asked him, before I preach this, how, how can I help folks know when they're moving from normal stress to severe anxiety, or when they're moving from uh, what would be an expected sad response, how they're moving from sadness to clinical depression? How, how do we know and obviously it's way too complicated to put all of that in an email, but he did a tremendous job in helping me get a better understanding, and here's what he said. A key indicator is if we are behaving more and more out of sync with our own values. People who typically keep promises start fudging on promises. People who believe others are counting on them to go to work stop getting out of bed in the morning. As things get even worse, then problems start building up that make life harder and harder. Bills don't get paid, jobs get lost, marriages end. Hopefully we pay attention and get help when we first notice that we're starting to fudge on our own values. Think about that. That's a red flag I never would have looked for but I know what's important to me. And if I start acting in a way that is contrary to the things that are important to me, that's a red flag that might suggest I need to go talk to somebody and see. Let's just see if we need to have more conversations or if I'm 
going to make it okay with self-care and prayer. He went on to say, if hard things are happening and we are exhausted, but we can see an end coming to the hard circumstances, we can usually stay true to our core beliefs and muddle through. Severe depression or severe anxiety just shuts us down. So another way that I can know when I need to say, somebody help me, is I can't see the the light at the end of the tunnel. Friends, we're all going to be under the broom tree. You may be there this morning. When we're under the broom tree, remember to see if you can figure out what brought you there. Then take care of yourself. Remember, everyone has down times, even people of faith. Remember, you're not alone. Remember, it's not always going to be this dark. And then don't be afraid to get help when you need it.